as i grew up and like with any strong independent woman who has a bold voice in any country i was also asked to shut up i was also asked why being a woman i was being loud and inviting trouble from my parents from my teachers from my friends from everybody around i just told my mom about if i uh, have any risk or any attack that happened to me you should know that i'm doing good thing so okay my family only my mom she know my situation very well like i supposed to move sometime and i cannot tell to my big family what i'm doing stick your neck out the weekly podcast of the giraffe heroes foundation No single taboo is enforced worldwide. Things which are unthinkable in one society are permitted elsewhere. For example, in some countries same-sex marriages are allowed. In others, you can't even think or talk about a sexual orientation apart from heteronormativity without being persecuted. In some countries, taboos are enforced by laws, such as the dress codes introduced in strict Muslim countries. Breaking these taboos can lead to severe penalties, from banishment to death. But in many cases, they merely cause a sense of shame. Welcome to Stick Your Neck Out, our podcast to restore your faith in humanity. Today I have two guests, Ruang from Thailand and Aparna from India, both Kantari alumni, two women from different countries, different cultures, who fight for the same, breaking taboos in their communities. Welcome. Thank you. Hi everyone. Before we start to jump into our conversation, I would like to share to our listeners our story of trying to fix this date with the three of us several times. Last one, on Friday 22nd of Jan, it couldn't take place because Aparna was caught up at her campaign site Neyadam and got detained by the police. Could you share the story with us and give us a bit more detail what you were up to? Uh, so we were working with a tribal community, a couple of tribal communities. So every time they have natural calamities, they get landlocked. So they are in a forest environment. They get landlocked and they can't go outside. So they cannot go outside to buy groceries. They cannot go outside to buy anything that's essential. With that, it also meant that the women and the menstruating people there couldn't access sanitary napkins or anything to deal with their period or menstruation. So we decided to do a campaign with them to break the taboos around it and also to uh, make them self-sufficient on dealing with their menstruation needs, so they can make their own sanitary napkins from cloth pad and sustainable things that are found around. So we've been working them for a long while, and last um, week we had a small issue with the forest department there because apparently they have got complaints that uh, the work that we do. did not get enough permission and even to explain to them it is quite difficult because we do not talk about periods we do not talk about uh, taboos even in the general context so talking about in a forest environment they did not think it was necessary so they were wondering why we were doing so many extensive sessions when it is not really a necessary topic so we just had to explain to them and we were actually it was a miscommunication uh, a small political issue so it did not have much to do with taboos however convincing them that these workshops were necessary had to do with taboos because they didn't understand why it was necessary we've also heard that since last year the political situation in thailand was a bit unstable ruang do you mind to tell us about that mm, yes many protesters many places we have protests around thailand event in the between border in thailand and malaysia three provinces that people mentioned that like red area So people come up and talk about politics and monarchy, the biggest taboo in Thailand. Yeah. So even young people, children, and elders, some people are arrested because of Section One One Two. Yeah, and this is related to Thai royal family. Yeah, and I cannot talk much in public. Even talk and share to foreigner, because of this is the taboo that Thai people know. We cannot talk about like you cannot speak the name of Voldemort, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's hard. So that's why we are here. We want to talk about the things we don't talk about taboos. 
How are biases and prejudices shaping the Thai society, Ron? People who criticize or talk about the, the monarchy will go to the jail for 15 years. So some people are using this section to attack other people, even high school students. So right now we have, I think, not more than 10 cases happen with children under 18 years. Yeah. So it's very new. And on social media, the police try to talk about many rules on Facebook. So sometimes when we try to relate it to the monarchy, people very aware of, yeah. So, and something changed too. Like if I compare in when I was young and compare to now today, I can see people want to talk more about monarchy. Yeah. So maybe something will change. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand. I can understand. Are there other taboos besides the monarchy? Yeah, is include including the law too. I mean, if you pick the North Bank, and you or you cross the North Bank, or if you have any picture that show of the royal family, and you don't show the respect to them. This is taboo and the laws will punish you too. Okay, another taboo. So if you bring something like food or dirty things and you put on the head, even the shoulder or back, people don't accept that. Yeah, this is very rude among Thai people. Interesting. Now I'd like to have a look at the land of Kamasutra. What do you have to say about taboos in your culture, Aparna? Yes, so it is quite ironical that you mentioned Kama Sutra because I keep talking about in our campaigns too because uh, sex is one of the greatest taboos in India. Anything related to sex becomes a taboo immediately. So sexual abuse, domestic abuse, menstruation, body parts of different people, your gender identity, your sexual orientation, when you have sex, do you have it before, do you have it after, how many people you have it with, all of this, all of this is a taboo in India. Only heteronormal marriages and sex after that is considered normal. Everything else is abnormal. And even sex after marriage is considered a taboo. Nobody talks about it. So uh, to talk about taboos in India, actually, um, very much like how it is in Thailand, though it hasn't probably become evidently extreme, uh, we are going through a situation where it is quite forbidden to talk against the government to talk against uh, atrocities that margin, marginalized communities are facing. Or um, there are huge laws being passed in the country that affects marginalized communities uh, that even strip away the right of citizenship of many communities that the government is against. And we are not allowed to talk about it. Even just last week, there is the farmers' protest happening in India. And just last week, just two days back, a journalist was picked up from the strike venue and jailed with no reason. Many Twitter accounts have been banned. Around 150 Twitter accounts have been banned in India in the last one week because they mentioned farmer protest with no valid reason. You go against the regime, you go against the rules, and then you're immediately put in jail or you're immediately targeted. You're immediately, your life is immediately made difficult. And it is the same thing for people who, for others as well. Um, there are so many things that are a taboo, like sex education, like menstruation, like masturbation, like female genital mutilation. All these things exist in this country and it is widespread as well. But it is quite forbidden to talk about all this because I think in India we are being brought up in a culture where we, especially the marginalized communities, marginalized gender, like women or LGBTQ community, we are taught to always keep quiet. If you keep quiet, nobody will target you. That's what they tell us. And that is why nobody even uh, speaks out or demands their rights. Because the moment you come out and say, this is not right, I should talk about it. This is my right. I know I demand that I be given this fair treatment. And then you're immediately targeted. You're immediately jailed. So I think we have reached a stage where majority of people choose silence over self-defense. Choose silence over truth. Choose silence over being loud about their politics. Choose silence over being 
of just you know plainly existing and breathing and telling their truth we are just i see majority of people and communities just keeping quiet for the sake of their own lives for the sake of their own safety for the safety of their community so that they are not jailed or expelled from the country and that is the sad truth of um, reality in my country i believe Yeah but silence is not the option I mean it's not the solution to this problem the two of you are going against some pretty sensitive topics topics that are taboo to be discussed in public how did your family react to your position <laughs> Okay first they don't understand at all about what I'm doing I just told my mom about if I uh, have any risk or any attack that happened to me you should know that i'm doing good thing so okay my family only my mom she know my situation very well like i supposed to move sometime and i cannot tell to my big family what i'm doing because some of taboo like sex education is not good for them if i talk about the sanitary tax my family they are not support me to do that so i decide to to tell only my mom what i'm doing and explain to close friends about my situation because right now i'm joy uh the protest i'm support children and young people in the protest and many risks happen like uh three weeks ago the policeman follow me and some young protester i'm scared too sometimes because if i decide to tell the family they will scare and uh i think they will not allow me to do this job like i really really love this job yeah sounds sounds quite hot how about you apana well it is um <laughs> given that my country is what it is and our upbringing is what it is and the culture has been taught that silence is better uh, my family obviously does not approve of everything that i do it is an ice hole for them and it is a taboo in my family they do not talk about what i do they would rather not talk about what i do so even when relatives come over they would rather just brush around what i am doing in life and talk about other things that are pleasant and nice to hear about the thing is since the topics that i deal with are taboos i get a lot of backlash every time i have a campaign and elephant in the room my organization we do campaigns in a provocative manner we want people to be provoked into talking about taboos so for instance when we did a campaign on cyber abuse our posters were graphic images of screenshots of cyber abuse so the poster was of a woman and in the background we had screenshots of real life comments that uh, internet users posted against women and gender minorities things so it had graphic images of how a person would rape another person how a person would hurt another person how a person would throw acid on another person's face and these were graphic it was on our poster and once we started circulating it we had huge backlash people were like it's against our culture why would you put this up on a poster we don't want our kids to see this and the first gallery in which we wanted to do the exhibition they pulled off the sponsors who sponsored the event they pulled off none of them wanted to do anything with it so this is just one instance all of our campaigns are like this one way or the other it brings a lot of backlash and people have a lot to go against and not be happy about and then i get calls from my family every time these things spill over every time they hear about the things that are happening they call me and they ask me what are you up to what are you doing why are you giving us a bad name you know the people are going to target us now they're going to ask us why your daughter is doing these things and then i think i don't have answers to these questions so i just tell them wait for it i i just ask them to wait for the impact because after the cyber abuse exhibition soon after that we had parents coming and telling us how they how they understood the gravity of the situation mm. how when they saw all those uh, graphic posters in our exhibition they realized that they should raise a better generation of kids how they should sit and talk to the kids about not being a cyber bully of never using such words to hurt a person whether you are online or you are not 
and this is the impact that i try to console myself with so every time a backlash happens or every time people ask me why are you doing this especially my family i tell them these stories i tell them see we had this backlash but think about the impact that it is generating maybe it is hard to digest now but in a few years time or in a few days time maybe you will realize that it was necessary to have this conversation because if we do not talk about it who will yeah that's right i mean it will be really really weird not to talk about about the problems and the situations you you face uh, day to day wrong can you tell me a bit about the taboos that exist regarding superstitions and tend to be like a norm in the society okay let's talk about abortion then safe abortion yeah so now we try to fight and uh we want to change the law and people who join the protest or girls or lgbt people they want to change the law to like safe abortion law but the government think that only 12 week is enough but for women who cannot go to the hospital we have only around a 100 hospital around thailand able to have safe abortion so people start to talk about abortion but they related to karma if you do abortion the baby ghost will follow you so it's very normal to society and they think that for june taylor will see the babies follow you sit on your head sit on your shoulder and uh, i mean like right now teenager they want to change this mindset but in general people still thinking about safe abortion is not okay at all people don't accept that and uh, people who fight for safe abortion is bad people or have many karma for me i cannot accept this at all and even the law is not is not okay at all they just announced last two weeks and we not accept that at all yeah i mean like no, of course not i mean it's uh, your right feminism uh, feminist people or i mean people in minority group they really want to talk about more about safe abortion but now it's like they shut our idea yeah so we have only 12 week for safe abortion only in thailand mm. how is it how is it in in india do you have troubles also with abortion apana yes yes like i said everything related to sex in the land of kama sutra it's a huge taboo so people have this feeling that uh, why should you abort like have as many kids we, we are the second most populous country in the world we love to have children uh, i think that is no secret anymore and most people have this idea that a woman would abort uh, or a person would abort a child only if they were in the wrong somehow maybe they had abnormal sex maybe they had sex before marriage uh, why, why 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 did she have to abort that is the question you know because uh, it is it it is so not normal for people to consider the health issues or even the fact that a woman has a choice over what she wants to do with her body whether she wants to give birth to another human form or not is her own right and that basic philosophy that basic right something that should be basic for people to understand is so hard for people to understand here it is it is beyond their logic to understand why a woman would need to do something like that it is considered so vile and i think it has to do a lot with media and the laws that we have and society and what we are taught when we are young as well even the education that happens in our family and in our schools we directly skip the chapter about reproductive health right and unless you um get into a situation or you are married you don't do not know how sex works you do not know how you can protect yourself against unwanted pregnancies so uh to have an unwanted pregnancy is very easy in my country because we do not have the knowledge to stop it we do not have the means to stop it not many people use condoms it is seen as something against our culture not many pharmaceuticals would give away a condom if you do not have a prescription or if you do not seem old enough 
or if you look like you are a teenager or if you look like you are unmarried like if you do not have the mangal sutra or the sindur that shows that you are a married woman you will probably not be given a condom and most men here get their sex education from porn and in porn nobody uses a condom so why should they it is also a conversation about how it is less pleasurable when you use something that will protect you against diseases or unwanted pregnancies so i think all of this together contributes to this being a huge taboo still it being it being uh, people think it is illegal to do it people think it is a crime to do it um, they think it is not killing a fetus but killing a baby and if you kill a baby in this life like how roang said how it is in thailand you're going to have the repercussions in this life or in the next life let's talk about the elephant in the room apana so my organization was named elephant in the room because uh, yeah we just plainly want to get people to understand that this is what we do we talk against taboo so if you are going to deal with our organization deal with the fact that there will be un- uncomfortable conversations most of our campaigns most of our workshops it is very difficult for people to sit through because we do not shroud anything in uh, rosy or in flowers we use certain terms that are not acceptable for people we are quite unashamed when it comes to mentioning the word sex or contraceptives or menstruation or even masturbation for that matter we are quite loud in our politics and that is why we decided to keep the name elephant in the room as well and there is actually a very interesting back story because the first time i am hearing the phrase elephant in the room referred in normal conversation between two people the person who was telling me that phrase elephant in the room he was actually referring to sex and i always wondered why didn't he just say sex why did he say let's address the elephant in the room i was like why didn't you say let's talk about sex and this thought somehow was in my head i think i started connecting it to many other things i started connecting it to all the other things that people use substitute words for or people ask me to shut up about like menstruation or female genital mutilation or dissent uh, in general and then um i understood that all of us each and every one of us who's born in this world lives with a lot of elephants at least one elephant we all have things that we do not want to talk about and that is when i realized how widespread this is this fear of talking about things people ask us not to talk about why are we so scared to break that mold and just talk about it these are not things that are wrong these are just things that are uncomfortable and why should uncomfortable conversations be made uncomfortable and i think that is how elephant in the room came about as an organization that sounds great and this is really funny because both of you are talking about taboos and in your in your own way and both of you have like um you kind of choose animals to to be like the face of your organization so ruang will you mind talking about your little firefly yes little firefly in thailand call hing hoi hing hoi noi noi which mean little like very very little i used a uh, firefly to be my symbolic for my organization because of children they really like to see the firefly in the night and because of my organization working with children so i used firefly to let the children see inspiration of the darkness So for me darkness which mean taboos too. So when they can see the light they will get inspiration to do whatever they want like they have any curious question they can go to the and turn on their light and see that thing clearer and sometimes when they face to the darkness they will know the truth of the darkness and understand their life so i used light to be like a light and mode and dark to be a part of the reality yeah so i used the um, art media music and games and many thing like Okay I go with uh, something and creative the idea to let children understand the reality of their life through art because of okay we cannot talk direct to the point about that right 
but children book can let them understand through the picture to stories or the rhythm of the music the sad music the animation will tell the story of a person that have the same problems that they are facing so for me is like in my society i cannot go to the school direct but a lot of children around 75% of thai uh, children they can access the internet so i talk about taboo through my facebook through my website and we have a partnership we have partner to join with some workshop like uh we just had a workshop to talk about menstruation it's like close session and uh women activists they join together and they talk about the menstruation the color of menstruation what happened why they are having menstruation so for me is just start to turn art to activity and reach to the target group that can affect to more many people so now okay we we have children we have activists and we have um people who come from many intersectionalities yeah like uh some of women that came from border between thailand and myanmar or muslim girls like some taboo very funny like burmese women who came across the border and work in thailand they very shy to talk about menstruation even sanitary pad but the thing that i feel very touch of them is they want to use cloth pad but thai women they scare to use cloth pad so burmese people they respect the land they don't want to use plastic but thai women still use plastic sanitary pad so some some conversation that direct to taboo is for me is like i can get a lot of inspiration and i think we should talk more about the secret thing like children they come to my facebook page and they ask me about how can i have safe abortion they don't have anyone to tell their secrets but some of them very funny and very innocent they ask me about mathematics and for me it mean they don't know how to communicate with elder yeah yeah it seems like a huge problem from education kind of yeah and because of education politic and uh generation gap okay i used to stay in india for a while i think something like in india more progressive than thailand like abortion safe abortion laws if i can compare or i can see queer people or lgbtiq people or some law in india quite more progressive in more than thailand but in thailand we just talk about same sex marriage but the law is not passed yet and is like stuck we can see a lot of trans women lgbtiq people non binary or a gender we have information but the politic the laws cannot change but i can see india for me is more progressive yeah <laughs> it is um i think to an extent maybe because i can understand i think it's also to do with the political system both our both our countries have yours is a strict monarchy where what the king says is the final if he says you have to be guillotined you have to be guillotined at the end of the day but in india and i can't imagine how hard it is to work in a country like that because in india even though we have a multi party system even though we are the largest democracy even though we are we are in effect 
uh, a country where dissent is uh, allowed, where you are supposed to dissent. You have different political parties. Um, you have different sections of people and you have a huge diversity. But still, it is extremely hard for people to talk against the government, talk against systems, talk against establishments. So I cannot believe how hard it can be in a country where it is still a monarchy, where it is not an elected government, where there are no multiple governments or an opposition. And um, I think like how Ruang said, though it is not all good and best in my country, I do understand how how much more difficult it can be in Thailand comparatively. Yeah, that's, I mean, same here. I, I, I can only say say the same. I can't imagine how it's to work in in this kind of societies anymore. Though I come from a society which also um, has a lot of taboos and also, you know, it's also hard if you want to go against the mainstream kind of. But yeah, I mean, you cannot compare. Rang, I think the reason you started to question taboos and kind of break the rule and start talking about it is a very personal one. Will you share it with us? Yeah, it's happened when my my father passed away when I was 12 years. Because of uh, Thai people, they don't want to share death to children. Another taboo. <laughs> yeah, another taboo. But it's so real. So they... Like, I went to the hospital, but nobody explained me about my father's death. And when I came back to my home, people, we wore black dress for 100 days, but they don't explain me about how I can survive after my father passed away. We moved to the new house, and sometimes a guy come to to talk to my mom and people to start talking gossip yeah so i have a lot of concern about finance about new house about mom about family so i think because of that i shan't a lot so i found a book that talk about that in children book until now we have only few books for children talk about that in thailand It still happen, yeah. I mean, a lot of people who have depression here, especially teenager. Yeah. Mm. And you, Apana, when and what was your turning point? I think I was always someone who always asked why not because even as a child, I I I did not do well with rules. I did not do well with people asking me to do something. I always. I was very individualistic when I was young. I always used to question. So if I'm asked, do not go there in the dark, I'll be like, why? Give me a valid reason. Then I will not do it. And most often when I ask these questions of why or why not, people did not have valid reasons. They just would be like, just don't do it. And just don't do it was not answered enough for me, even when I was young. And that guided me through life. So even as a student, I would write about politics. I'll write about things that I thought were wrong. When I was in college, I started joining protest groups. We'll go, we'll get detained by the police, we'll fight against the system. And then as I grew up, and like with any strong, independent woman who has a bold voice in any country, I was also asked to shut up. I was also asked why being a woman, I was being loud and inviting trouble from my parents, from my teachers, from my friends, from everybody around. And then I realized maybe that's the best thing to do. Maybe I should do this so that more women can be can just be free. You know, you were you were asking me to breathe quietly, to not laugh out loud, to sit in a particular way that pleases you, to wear things that pleases you, to speak things that please you. And I did not realize why I should live my life for others. And there were several other tipping points. There were instances of abuse. There were instances of severe breach of trust. There were instances of um, being detained by the government that I elected into power. All of this played a huge role. However, it was a combination of all this that um, I grew up seeing and feeling and feeling disgusted and, you know, very suffocated by it that I decided to break free or do something about it. And that is when I started writing about things. I started um, thinking about starting an organization and getting more people involved in those things because I realized me shouting by myself was not enough. 
So I think that uh, it is my life in itself and the experiences of living in this society that made me who I am. Yeah. What kind of impact does it have if there is a non-written law of not to be talking about something? Uh, I think we can see that impact already around us. Uh, it is these non-written rules that make us, you know, you like you mentioned, you reach a stage where it is normal, where you feel it is normal not to talk about things. Like it is a very uncomfortable truth to talk about. However, I think the greatest negative impact of having these unwritten rules is that we'll reach a point where we believe, strongly believe, where we are convinced that talking about this will give us no good. Why should we talk about it? And I think that living in a society like that is... um extremely scary it is extremely like being part of a dystopia it is like living in a george orwell novel it is like 1984 or animal farm happening in our lives where the government says 2 plus 2 makes 8 or 6 and we say yes that's the truth you know because we become so passive and we become so defenseless we reach a point where it is normal what you ask us to do is normal and if you say i need to be oppressed go ahead oppress me i think that normalcy where taboos lead us i think that is the greatest negative impact of living with these unwritten rules that's worst of it ruang you have something to say for me uh i can see something change like taboo is like very dark area right but if we talk more and more we share even in a small group you will feel more comfortable and have confidence with your life taboo for me is about politic like control people we have less power because we cannot talk about everything but if you think you have power for me taboo is nothing so for my work this is a part of my life so if i have any question if i have a dark space okay i will jump to the dark space and enjoy that and i will come back to the light and i will tell everyone <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's a good thing to hear. It's really nice to hear. Could you share one taboo of your society ish regarding your life, one that comes to your mind thinking about the past, your work, family, anything? Okay. I am lesbian and I hide my identity for a while when I was young. But when I had enough information and I had enough confidence i start to talk to friends to my mom and i think because of that point i feel like i very respect about people life so i think i want to to do the same thing to share the same thing to other lgbtiq children too Yeah. Now we cannot do yet. Okay, it's not it's very hard to get uh support for children. But I hope it will change. I I have a lot of idea to make paper dolls, to make animation, to make children book that talk about LGBTIQ and people with disability yeah i want to do so much in the future for me i think it always boils down to sex education because i think sex education it teaches us much more than um, what goes on in our body or the processes that goes on in our body i think it is a base it should it should always it should also be a basis of how we form relationships because sex education also encompasses talking about consent talking about um knowing others boundaries giving someone space and i think th- these are all necessary conversations that we should have in our life in everyday con- conversations everyday relationships and i was brought up in a culture where my mother taught me or asked me not to get raped 
but never taught my brother not to rave and this these indifferences these different behaviors or these um, really twisted mindset and really twisted idea of who who needs to safeguard themselves or who needs to conduct themselves in a society i think it is this that really stands out for me for me at the end of all days though there are hundreds of taboos in this world is always sex and sex education that really stands out to me because i believe that in this in this world we are born with just our body even our thoughts it form somewhere later in life so if you do not understand enough about your own body if you do not know how many holes you have on your body if you do not know what happens to your body when you do what then it means that other people can come and ask you what to do with your body other people can come and tell you when you can abort when you can have a baby whom you can sleep with where you can sleep what kind of bra should you wear and these are not questions that others should be telling us these are things we should know for ourselves and only if we have this knowledge about our body would we have the agency to protect it the agency to defend it and the agency to celebrate it and i think for me for that very same reason sex and sex education will always be a taboo that is very close to my heart and something that i really really want to break every day the two of you you are talking about taboos in two i will say really conservative countries thailand and india how are you holding up how do you manage to be hurt i think for me how i hold up is to always think about the impact i always think about the stories that come back to us the parents who have told us that their children have realized they should should never be bullies or um, women who tell us how how beautifully their life has changed after they started knowing about their body after they started naming certain body parts in their bodies after they started talking about the trauma that they put their body through or after the pleasure that we see in women's face or menstruators face after they start using a menstrual cup because in our country it is a taboo to insert anything before you are married for a woman especially and using a menstrual cup is a huge revolution or it is your rebelling against in against an age old tradition and customs so when i hear all these stories from the people we work with then i feel so happy i feel like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter that i'm the black sheep it doesn't matter that 10000 people call me weird and call me names it's okay because you know there is something that's happening that i can see for myself that's changing and i think that's good enough for me okay same same as abhana too but i want to add something okay impact i can see the self confidence when t- children they have information when they know the truth i i can see the um, the dream the real dream not only listen from their parent what to do this what to do that but they can do whatever they want in their life so i i think the thing changed slowly okay i am black sheep too <laughs> so for me is my goal is like face to the to the real thing to the truth and i can accept that don't tell me how to fight with my life with the hard thing in my life so i want to uh make environmental for children to grow up for reality if you face to the hardest thing but this is your life we supposed to go through we cannot keep quiet about our life so i mean if this world free taboo i think people will feel more happy yeah definitely totally i mean um taboos are not a nice thing i mean they are they are like a huge problem in every society if you don't talk about what is hurting or what is what makes you uncomfortable you won't solve the problem but the thing is time is changing every second right and there is very big benefit to take advantage so i i have a big hope that even i'm die even i'm go to the jail but the truth that we talk about 
it will spread very fast and make some people feel happy. And some people who never think about, they will get new idea and they will understand about their life more and more. Yeah. You girls are trying successfully to break taboos in each of your societies. How do you think you can change the perception of your people? To answer that, I always say, I think I can link it to the question that I get asked most often. It is, um, what is the future you see for elephant in the room? Or what do you see? What is your huge vision for this world, for your organization? And I always say my huge vision is for my organization to shut down as fast as it can. Because my organization gets shut down when all these taboos are done with. And I think this is something we discuss in Kanthari too. Like we'll all be so happy if all of our organizations can shut down. Because it means that the problems that we are trying to solve are gone with it. And that will be a very beautiful world to live in. Because the sheer number of organizations we have dealing with these issues show us how bad of a situation it is. How grave it is. How each one of us. Every second of our life, we should be talking about these issues that make life a living hell for most people, for most unprivileged people, at least. And I think um, that is the impact I want to, the impact or the change in perception I want is for a future where I do not have to talk about these things anymore, where it is normal for people to talk about taboos, where people would not cringe or um, laugh about something as normal as your body or your body part or uh, sex in general, or anything that is a taboo. And I think that is the change in perspective or the future that I wish for the world that I want to be a part of. For me, when we have normal word to say, not only some word that we cannot talk about, like vagina, or having sex, or I want to have anti-pregnant pill, like let our life free i think that day will be my very happy day for me i think the world will be better for me so taboo is like some screw that stuck you something that punched your face and you cannot heal for me yeah so just let let him out And I think the world will be changed a lot. Yeah, yeah. I hope. I hope that uh, that's the case. Unfortunately, we live in societies that not really allowed to to make this dream true. At least not in the in the in the, in the close future. And Ron, do you have the feeling that you are really being heard? That you achieved something? For me, only one people who can talk about their secret. Yeah, I. I achieved that goal. Yeah. What about you, Apana? Mm, there are some days when I wake up thinking, what am I doing? I don't think it is having any effect on anybody. There are days of existential crisis, yes. There are days when it is very hard to get out of the bed and do things that I have been doing. But there are also other days when I receive a message or I wake up to a message of somebody telling me something positive that I visited your session and I think I have changed this way. And then it makes all those worries seem less important. Do you sometimes realize yourself still being caught up in certain taboos you grew up and you find hard to question? Okay, I was raped, so very difficult for sure. Do I supposed to go to the police station or talk to my mom? Or I don't know how to do, how to deal with, and. Um, I start to watch the movie, some movie, and uh, in the movie I can learn something, like I can get some information. So it's like connect to another point and uh, let me free to think if I don't. Use the same information or knowledge, so it's difficult too. It's not easy. Yeah. What about you, Apana? Taboos, maybe not so much because I have always been a loud child. Even when I was a child, I was always loud. I always wanted to know what everything was. 
I always talked about things like nothing nothing was something very shameful for me so not taboos not so much however like how roang pointed out sometimes when abuse happens to you uh, from someone whom you know or abuse happens to someone you know and they do not want to talk about it they do not want to bring it up in conversation you don't know what to do about it you don't know whether to be political about it or loud about it or whether to sit in a corner and cry about it there are days like that but taboos not so much but i've caught myself um, in the middle of uh, being biased i've caught myself in the middle of passing judgments on people sometimes even today uh, it is a learning curve every day i try to better myself that way i, I wouldn't ever say i'm perfect i was born in a society that taught me only biases and stereotypes so i get caught in that world with every now and then i realize oh i'm an awful person to think that i only think that i probably do not act on it but it's still horrible to think that and that realization makes me a better person the next day i believe so i do get caught up or i do catch myself in the middle of stereotypical thinking or uh, judgmental thinking however it's a learning curve aparna ruang thanks a lot for sharing your life your ideas with us thank you thank you ampia so much thank you so much thank you for sharing nice conversation Elephant in the Room is a provocative movement which runs theme-based campaigns around uncomfortable conversations which people squirm away from. And the Little Firefly encourages children and young people to speak, question and expressing and reaching out to taboo or taboo issues, including sensitive matters blocked by adults and society. If you want to know more about their work or support Juan and Aparna, take a look at our show notes. There you'll find their websites. Next week, the podcast to restore your faith in humanity is going to be all about one of the so-called hotspots of biodiversity, the forest in Cameroon. My guest, Kantari alumni Limbi Blessing Tata, addresses the negative effects of over-timber harvesting of the forests in Cameroon. To reduce dependency on timber sailing, she trains local women adding value to non-timber forest products like seeds, fruits, bugs and leaves. You'll find the stories of people sticking their necks out every Tuesday on Spotify, iTunes, our homepage and every other place where you get your podcast. And if you subscribe, you don't have to look out for us, we'll be coming to you. It will be awesome if you'd like to tell us about your frontline hero. Come and visit us at giraffe-heroes.eu. And also have a look at our social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. My name is Jean-Pierre Aguiar-Durañona and I say goodbye today and hope you join us and get to spend a bit of your time with us again next week. Stick your neck out. The weekly podcast of the Giraffe Heroes Foundation. 